Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we are talking about how I did it and not how I specifically did it, uh, but how my guest built his business. It's a fantastic story. It's an amazing product. You're going to be inspired by this story. You're going to learn a lot. I'm going to have a lot of fun in the process. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And in addition to this podcast, we want to be a resource for you, helping you accelerate your e-commerce growth. I have a few powerful resources that are yours for the taking. First, if you're an Amazon seller, we have two resources I think you might like. One is called our DSP Roadmap. If you're considering Amazon DSP, it's a special type of Amazon display ads, which has some targeting features that will blow your mind. Uh, get our Amazon DSP roadmap. If you're interested in sponsored brand video, formerly Video and Search, check out that guide. On the Google side, we have the ultimate guide to Google Shopping. This is a guide I wrote several years ago. But we got some updated information. Now you can get free Google Shopping listings. This guide will help you in that process. We also have our top YouTube ad templates. I think you're going to love that one. And then the guide to getting authentic customer testimonials. All of these give you detailed information on how to make these things happen. Very valuable, but also very free. Check them out, omgcommerce.com. Click on resources and guides. Check it out for yourself. And now, back to the show. So I have with me on the show... Chris Mead, co-founder of CrossNet Game. You may be asking, what is CrossNet Game? You may have seen it. You may have seen it on Facebook. We're going to tell you all about it on the show and uh, lots and lots of e-commerce lessons along the way. Also, so Chris, welcome to the show. And man, thanks for taking the time. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk. So just real quickly, for those that are watching the video, because they can see you're in a Looks like a cool high-rise yes. building of sorts. Yes. Uh, where where are you hailing from, and what's the weather like there right now? Yes, yeah, so I'm hailing from Miami, um, small farm town boy from Connecticut. Though we moved to Miami three years ago to start our invention, and the weather is finally out of a tropical storm. We've had four days straight of rain, so <laughs> finally nice to see the sun shining in Miami. That's amazing. So pretty big change then from oh, yeah. Connecticut farm to Miami. Just curious before we get into the story of the the product and the business and all this fun stuff. Why, why Miami? Yeah. Uh, so the product where it's a four-way volleyball net. Uh, so we were in Connecticut, it's rainy, it's cold, it's dark uh, the majority of the year. Uh, so it was just a logical move. Where did we start a volleyball net company on the beach? And on the beach, man. Yeah, on the beach, Miami or California and our family's on the East coast. So it just made sense to stay a little bit local three hour flight back up to Connecticut. So Miami it was. Mm-hmm. Going to Miami. So before we, we talk about all the, you know, the cool story of how the idea came to be, and then more importantly, how the company came to be, because we were talking about this off, off air. Lots of people have good ideas, man. Lots of people have these crazy ideas of what if we combine this and that, and, mm-hmm. you know, but, but turning that into a company is exactly. really hard and a lot of people don't do that. Uh, but before we get into that, um, what was your background? So what'd you, what'd you do before this company? Yeah, so I actually went to school for film, uh, film and photography. Nice. Uh, it was always a passion of mine. I so you want to make movies? 
Yeah, I want to make horror movies, actually. I love scary movies. Uh, there's only a few, like, really famous, like, scary movie directors. So I was like, all right, th- there's an opportunity there. Uh, so went to film school, graduated with a lot of student loan debt, uh, got to work on a few HBO. Uh, so I was working on a show, HBO Girls. So I was, like, an on-set director. Uh, not Heard of it? Production, yeah. Pro- yeah, production assistant. Uh, so that went cool for a year. Uh, it was all right, but I was working 12, 14-hour days not making close to the amount of money that I needed in my bank account to like kind of survive in Manhattan. And uh, <laughs> that did that. So curious, did that fuel the passion for film or did that make you say like, yeah, maybe this isn't as great as I thought. Yeah, that's a cool, that's a good question. Um, so it fueled the passion when I was doing the stuff I liked. Uh, like one of the guys on the set is now Darth Vader. And I've had, I've had conversations with him. Like I remember like talking to this dude for like 10 minutes and like, that's Darth Vader. Yeah. So that's cool now. Um, but hindsight, waking up at four in the morning and taking a subway to Chinatown and being there in the pitch black and literally working for 14 hours for 10 bucks was not ideal to me. <laughs> so uh, a lot of people have like this, this, these visions of, of grandeur, like, like all of show business is amazing. And there's just a lot of work. And there's a lot of people in all the show business that aren't making any money. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to anybody who, who could stick it out and grind it out and get to where they want it to be. I'm sure it would be much better if I was a director or producer, but uh, it just financially wasn't in the cards for me um, with the college that I took on. So got into a sales job. Uh, we'll start selling commercials. Uh, that was like super corporate America. Nice. Chris, like, so, uh, like TV commercials, radio commercials? Yeah, TV and radio. Um, nice. Chris, that's how I got my start as well in radio, radio ad sales. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So that was corporate America 101. Like Chris, your shirt's a little bit untucked. Like, please tuck it in. Like you need to be here at nine o'clock. Otherwise I you're fired. I was rocking a tie back in the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, left that and joined a software company, uh, SAS in New York city uh, called contently great, like sales experience, meeting like CMOs of all different types of companies, kind of learned how to work a room, uh, which is helpful now when I'm in pitches with, retail buyers all across the country. Uh, went to Uber for a little bit. So I was a uh, work as an account executive at Uber, the headquarters in Chelsea. Quit that when CrossNet came to be and flew to Miami and that's all, all she wrote. Awesome. Awesome. I, lo- I love that story. I-, I love that you have so much sales experience. I think almost anybody that's going to be an entrepreneur, it's great if they have at least some sales experience, right? You don't have to necessarily be a salesperson, but under you, like everything has to be sold in some capacity, whether it's all through text on a screen or through video or whatever. But I think there's something about that, either face-to-face selling or selling on a phone or whatever, that really trains you uh, to to understand yeah. the process. Like it's it's difficult to get someone to part with their money and mm-hmm. to trust to trust your product or your service or whatever. So that that's awesome that you had that experience. I still value my time of yeah. eating the streets as a radio salesperson. Like it helped shape me and make me who I am. So of course, yeah, same here. Yep, that's awesome. So, uh, CrossNet, you you mentioned it is a four-way volleyball net. Yep. Uh, it's such a cool concept. So, how did this idea come to be? Was this yeah. like a deal for a couple of beers? Or how, how did this happen? <laughs> so, uh, I was working at Uber. I uh, came home for like spring break or whatever it was. Uh, my brother was home in Connecticut where we're from. And our partner, Mike, so the third founder, had just graduated from Northeastern uh, with an engineering degree. Uh, Greg was running a few e-commerce businesses. I was kind of just grinding along, making money, like making good money, but just wasn't fully content, like at the job. And uh, he's like, dude, I'm coming over. Let's let's chat. Let's invent something because I don't want to do this nine to five thing yet. And uh, we had ESPN on in the background. Start writing down ideas. None that really are super memorable. And uh, eventually we write down four-way volleyball net. It's about like three in the morning. 
uh, getting pretty tired. And uh, we Google four-way volleyball net and nobody had ever done it before. No photos, no product, no Walmart listing. And we're like, this is too good to be true. And uh, woke up the next morning, just like super pumped. We went to Walmart, got two badminton nets, rigged them together, cut out the center. Uh, we like texted our friends like, yo, meet us, at, meet us at the house at like 12. And we just played for like five hours straight. It was so much fun. Wow. Quick test market. Let's go oh, yeah. make one of these. And and I love this because when you when you see the product, and obviously we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes and you can see videos and all that. Uh, it's a cross between volleyball and, and Foursquare, right? Yeah. And so as, as a kid on the playgrounds at school, I love playing Foursquare. My kids love Foursquare. There's just something about it. Like it's, you know, you get the rotation going, getting people mm-hmm. in. It's it's competitive. It's fun. It's fast paced. Exactly. So, so that... So obviously when you had the idea and you saw that there wasn't anybody else doing it, uh, you were like, okay, this is an idea. But then did it really hit home when you guys were playing it? Yeah, we were were playing and it was just like, nobody, the sun was going down, nobody wanted to go in. And the coolest part was nobody was checking their cell phones. So nobody was texting. I mean, we took photos, of course, but like, we finally got to disconnect. Uh, And as you get older, like the time with your friends where you're not on your phone is the best part. I'm 27, so I still have the phone glued in my hand all the time. But like, I know when I put my phone down for half an hour, those are the, those are always the best memories. Not yep. when I'm on Twitter, yep. you know. Absolutely, some conversation I have my, with my teens. I have, I have teen kids now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you you're never going to look back and say, "Man, remember that day I was on my cell phone?" <laughs> <All> <laughs> exactly. It was beautiful. Like that, those aren't your memories. It's fine. Like I obviously love mobile technology. It's yeah. part of how I make my living. But uh, yeah, you create those memories when you get the phone down. So that's that's awesome. Okay, so got the idea. You rig together the, the prototype of CrossNet. You and your buddies are playing. Everybody's addicted yep. to it. So then transition to the business. Because again, yeah. that's the part that's hard. Like so many people have an idea, but it, yeah. making it a business, super tricky. How'd you guys do it? 100%, especially a product, right? Like it's one thing to create an agency or something, but creating a physical product and having it tangible in your hands, like it's tough. And that's why a lot of people fall off. Fortunately for us, uh, Mike, he was engineer, right? Like we didn't have to go scrap up a bunch of money and then go like sell ourselves to an engineer to create the blueprint. We had this dude who had AutoCAD on his computer and that this was his, that's his passion was designing stuff. So boom, 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 took some photos, got some draft models going. And then we started reaching out to manufacturers. So we found a sporting goods manufacturer overseas who specifically dealt with volleyball nets uh, in particular. Yeah. And uh, conversation was really good, trustworthy, sent over some paperwork, sent over the, the product. And they're like, can you do it? And they're like, yeah, we can do it. Um, it might take a few months for you to get it, but we'll do it. And uh, we told them our financial situation. We were just three kids, but Greg was Greg and Mike were 24 at the time. And I was 20, no, they were 22 and I was 24. So we didn't have much money. Um, yeah. And we're like, hey, we got like 10,000 bucks, like take it or leave it. And they took it. And nice. we're, like, we prom- yeah, we're like, we promise one day we'll be putting in bigger orders. Just like get this first order out for us. So got the first one landed and it was all, it was, it was cool. It works. It stood up. Uh, There's some things that we changed and modified, but it was pretty much the cross net that you see today. That's awesome. So you had the engineering connection and and that's, that's huge, right? I mean, it is, it is a, it is a simple concept, but still going from simple concept to a net that holds up and works. That's not easy. Exactly. You had, you had an engineer uh, as a co-founder. So that's, that's super handy. It's perfect. Find a connection overseas to manufacture it. So now you, you get this, you know, $10,000 order of, of products. 
what do you do? You, you, you're hawking it out of the garage, you're traveling yeah. around selling it. What, what, what are you doing? So we got, uh, first thing we did, right? We moved to Miami and uh, we, we started going to the beach every day, just setting it up. And we would just have, we'd set it up. People would be staring at us like, what are they, what are these kids doing? They're setting up a volleyball net. And then you take out the second side and it's like, oh, this is cool. Uh, What uh, is this? Yeah. So by the end of the day, we'd have like 20, 30 people playing it and we wouldn't even get to play our own game. And we would just be taking content all day long on our phones, run home at night, post it on the website and then run ads on it. Um, Granted, we had a super frugal budget back then, but a lot so of the time. So you're using the you're using the just playing at the beach to get your content, and you're mainly selling through ads. I'm, I'm assuming though, did you have people on the beach just saying, "Dude, where, where can I where can I buy one of these?" Can, of can course, I, can I yeah. This? So yeah, so almost all the time we would sell the one. We would never bring home the same cross net. Like, <laughs> so we we'd ship that out. I have a, a fond memory of these girls from New York, uh, this town called West Islip. Uh, never been there myself, but they were like firm advocates of the game. They had such a blast. They bought it. And every weekend for like a year straight, they would post them playing CrossNet. And so as they would play it at their, at their beach, people from their town would be purchasing. And I'd be like, oh, another order from this town. They must be like out there marketing it for us. <laughs> so it got, it got to click like. Your initial, your initial ambassadors. Exactly. So the more nets out in the world, the more eyeballs. And eventually it was like, all right, I don't need to go to the beach every day. I have customers who are doing it for me for free. Yeah. Who are going to have that same organic approach. So that's when the business really started to take off. Yeah. But, but, and you're 100% right. But you also, I think there's a lot of people that started an e-commerce business that want to just hide behind the computer screen and just let just let the customers do it from the the beginning. Of course, that, this wouldn't have happened if you guys hadn't gotten out there and oh, yeah. gotten sandy. Hundred percent, you know, uh, and, and hanging out on South Beach. And, you know, I, can, <laughs> I can think of worse things. Like, like yeah. you know, that that's cool that you, that you got to do it, uh, do something really fun. But uh, yeah, you guys got out there and you were hustling and you were you were demonstrating the product and you were selling it. And and, and then eventually the customers kind of kind of took that over. Exactly, awesome. And you guys do have. Uh, and I actually just had a call with a uh, a guy earlier, who's who's like thinking about how do you how do you measure how do you track word of mouth? It's it's a long conversation that uh, it's, tough. It, it's a tough one. It's tough, but it yeah. happens. And so if you but if you can think about you know part of that comes from product design. So the, the it, is the does the product hold up and can the product be used in public settings? And if it is, then you know people are going to see it. And anyway, that that the, all of that just is really working for you guys, which mm-hmm. is which is awesome. Uh, so let's talk about what were some of the early mistakes because I, I think we all learn from, and even you know, in, as, as an agency owner, I can think back of all the things we tried to do in the beginning, where we tried to yeah. do too many things or tried to do things we really sucked at, and and that you know was crash and burn. But then we focused on some things we were really really good at, and things took off. Well, what, what were some of the early early mistakes you made? Yeah, I, I mean hindsight's always twenty twenty, uh, but I think one the biggest mistake for us was we launched our product uh, when our manufacturer said they're about to ship it, but not when it actually landed. So we had like, <laughs> we had expectations. Uh, we thought that the product was going to arrive to the States much sooner uh, than it actually did. So we had customers order thinking they were going to get their game in about like 15, 20 days, but in reality they weren't going to get their game for like 90 days. Well, uh, so, yeah. So that was a tough, uh, tough start to the business. Some people are less understanding than others when it comes to, yeah. Of course. So I mean, much. yeah. Had we have done like a Kickstarter or something, who knows? Like it would have helped with the uh, just messaging. Kickstarter over. more, people are more patient with that. For sure. Exactly. Um, so expectations. 
Yeah. Did we deceive people? I, I don't know. I don't think we intentionally meant to. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that was our first run at customer service, right? Even at a small scale of like 50, 100 customers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely lesson learned. If I ever start a business again, don't start it until the product is in my garage or like... Product in yeah, hand. exactly. Um, so that was a, a tough lesson. And then also... Uh, just being super frugal with inventory and also packaging. Like don't overbuy boxes or stuff like shipping material just because you're getting a price break even for 50 cents or a quarter. Like you could always buy back more stuff. Products change. Um, I remember we designed our box and we bought like 2,000 of them, but we were only really needing like 500 and we ended up changing the box. So we lost out on like 1,500 boxes that we had to just chuck. So stuff like that all adds especially, up. Especially in the early days, that totally makes sense. You, you're you're almost guaranteed to make some of those changes. So so what looks like a quantity break, it's going to cost you in the long run. Exactly. Yeah. Totally, so, totally makes sense. Yeah. Good. Those are two two of the biggest things. Yeah. I mean, definitely, if, had we gone back, uh, I would have been more frugal about it. Would have been, hey, we need 500 boxes for 500 games, and that's it. And yeah. we'll, we'll get our price fixed later on. Yep. Uh, that's, that's awesome. And you know, every, every company has them, you can't fully avoid them, but I think it's, it's good just to, to share the mistakes and, and so mm-hmm. other people can, can learn from them. What about on the marketing side, any, any mistakes you guys made on the, on the marketing side? And, and I know that that can lead to some pretty technical answers and stuff like that, but any, any, any thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, so the biggest ones I think of is not taking email marketing seriously. Uh, I'm serious enough. Uh, we would have like one or two flows like, Oh, put your coupon, put your email in for a coupon. Uh, you get one email and that's it. That's where it yeah. dropped off. Yeah. Um, so just literally within the last five months, we've hired an email agency, got a full-time creative director to oversee everything. Um, that's where we started to make 15% of our revenue through email before it was like 1%. So just adding two or three email touches that are just automated is like an additional 100K revenue. It's, it's crazy. So yeah. uh, and, and it's such a big deal because you know we we focus a lot on driving traffic cold traffic through YouTube and, and Google and Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, but, then, but then also remarketing traffic. But, but if you have the email flows in place, then we can be more aggressive, right? You can be more aggressive on Facebook. Like you, you, can be, you can do those things to drive more top of funnel traffic because you know you're going to be closing a much higher percentage of people that you, that you get to visit the site. Exactly. Uh, so totally, totally makes sense. Uh, what were some of the the early wins? Maybe the the as Bob Ross would say that the happy little accidents, you know, that, yeah, that happened, or, or the things you did on purpose that really worked well. The biggest one is the uh, star so product. It's a, it's twenty pounds, right? So it's not the easiest to ship. It's not the cheapest. So it's kind like of a, it's kind of bulky. Like you imagine volleyball net. The, <laughs> the posts, the poles are are larger. Exactly, and I, I know a lot of people start up a Shopify store. They're like, oh, we'll send it out to a bunch of influencers. Uh, in our situation, we didn't have the luxury to do that because every time we send out a product, we're out 50 bucks or so with the cost yeah. of goods plus shipping. Um, quickly find yourself in a hole. Um, but fortunately, for whatever reason, uh, we have people reach out all the time. Yeah, a guy from Latvia reached out to us. And uh, we're not volleyball players. We're never volleyball players. Uh, we're very honest about that. We, we made a game that's fun and it has volleyball. Yeah. And t- yeah. yeah, So this guy wrote back, he's like, yo, let's, let, me, let me get a, a sample sent out. For whatever reason, we sent him one. And uh, about a month later, we wake up to this video that has like 5 million views on it. What? And it's, it's Team Latvia, like the Olympic Team Latvia playing Crossnet, like <laughs> on the beach, like in this like deserted island. And it is the coolest rally ever. 
Uh, you've probably seen it online. It's what we run ads all the time on. Is this original video of like Team Mafia playing CrossNet, and it's dope. Like setting it up, crazy bomb, crazy spikes, uh, and it just shows the game at its full potential. So you're saying that was worth the fifty bucks to? to- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so that that started our company uh, in my eyes. Like we were selling one or two a day. I'd be like, dope. We hit three sales today, and then we woke up, and my phone was like. 5 million views on this video, like sales were coming Crazy. in. It's like, that was the start of CrossNet in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Awesome. So that, that's when it, that's when it hit. And then, and now you're still using that footage. And, and what's interesting, like you, you couldn't have manufactured that. I mean, I guess you could like some, sometimes you can, but uh, that's the way business and entrepreneurship goes, right? You're going to, you're going to be doing some things. Some things happen because you're hustling, like you're going to the beach, you're, you're working hard, you're, you're showing this thing off. You're not just sitting at home all day. Like good mm-hmm. things happen because of that. But as you get momentum, you're going to get these little happy little accidents that, that happen and, and um, can't always predict it, but, but they happen if your product is good and, and things can take off. Exactly. That's awesome. Um, talk about, let's talk about kind of your most important sales channels now where mm-hmm. you selling the most and, and talk about kind of, you know, some of your marketing mix. And I know, I know we can't divulge lots of secrets and stuff like that, but, 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 but share with us what you're, you're comfortable Yeah, of course. I think uh, the majority of, so I'd say close to 80% of our sales are directly on our e-commerce site, crossnetgame.com. Uh, that's where we drive all of our traffic. That's the most profitable for us. Uh, and then the way we're getting that traffic is typically through Facebook. Uh, we have a, a pretty high Facebook spend. Uh, we are a seasonal game in some aspects, but COVID has kind of helped with that. Um, people yeah. are looking for something to do. They're desperate to get outside and our game's been perfect for that. Yep. So, uh, And specifically, and I was talking to, to, to Greg, your brother, the co-founder, yeah. uh, you've got a lot, of, a lot of moms buying the game, right? Which totally makes sense because kids are, are stuck inside. Like, let, let's get something to get everybody outside and we play as a family. We're quarantined together. Now, most people are... are uh, coming out of quarantine or whatever, but still, you're 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 not doing what you've always done. You're hanging out at home a lot more. Exactly. And so, still a, a great time to buy. Yeah. So, Facebook Facebook's our number one channel for for sales overall and traffic, but also that's our mom and dad demo. Those are the moms and dads are on Facebook. My mom's on Facebook. She has probably six Facebook accounts, and she uh, and six those Facebook are, accounts. She just keeps making them. She has no idea how to log back in. But anyways, those are the type of people we're selling to. So. Oh, that's that's amazing. I love it. Yeah, that. so they're watching the videos, they're clicking, boom, CrossFit looks great for my backyard. And that, those are the real people and we're selling with UGC content. We're not, I don't think we've ever paid more than $1,000 for a video in our lifetime. Hmm. And we're, we're a big company at this point and we'll, we never will unless we really need to. Um, user generated content, what does this look like when I go set it up in my backyard and there's a barbecue going on and my eight-year-old daughter's out there playing with our 14-year-old son. Like That's what they want to see. Uh, so that drives tons of traffic for us. Uh, and then remarketing that through Facebook and also uh, email is huge for us. Uh, Going to start with YouTube with you guys, which I'm pumped about. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and so on the YouTube side, like using that user-generated content, so powerful on YouTube as well. We'll need to, and this is a, a topic for another podcast. I just, I just actually did a deep dive on YouTube, but we'll need to string more together and potentially have a voiceover. And we, I've been working on that with Greg, but uh, yeah. but you can still use that. That UGC is so powerful. Exactly. YouTube. So so pumped about that for sure. Yeah, the UGC is great. Like every day, like I literally just got a video like half an hour ago of a family in North Carolina playing on the beach, and there's 40 people around a net. Like it just reminded me of the the Miami days. Like yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So yeah. And, and word of mouth, word of mouth is huge. Um, just organically spreading it like, Oh, that's that game I was talking about. And so 
Yep. It all it all piles up. No pause. Yep. Love it, man. Love it. Love it. Uh, so let's talk about your Amazon strategy and you know, I have a lot of people on the show, a lot of merchants, a lot of service providers. Everybody has a slightly different take on Amazon, right? Yeah. Obviously, we can't ignore it, but is Amazon an enemy, a frenemy, you know, whatever, evil, not evil. But we'll talk, talk about what your current Amazon strategy is. because Yeah. I mean, for us, we're, we're kind of in a, high, a different situation than most people. I'd, I'd assume we have a distributor who purchases in bulk, uh, 40 foot containers. So they're importing thousands of cross sets a year, uh, sending them to their DCs uh, all across the country and then fulfilling within 72 hours, which is great on Amazon. Um, we're still pumping the majority of our traffic to our website because at the end of the day, my goal is to always to own the audience. Yep. Uh, yep. We have new products coming out this month, next year. And if they're on Amazon and I don't have their data, I have to pray that my brand is strong enough that they're going to come back to us organically or follow us on a social media platform, which I can't rely on. Um, as good as I make my company, I can never rely fully to have their attention. Uh, so by having an email and phone number, that's the best thing I can do. Um, but yeah, I'm never going to shy away from Amazon. Amazon makes tons of sense. And what I'm most excited about with Amazon is that we're opening up Amazon in Canada, opening up Amazon in the United Kingdom and Amazon Australia. Uh, so that's all happening within the next three months for our company. That's we have amazing. people, people want to buy it. People spend $150 to ship a $150 game. Uh, so I can only imagine when we pull that lever and like can actually start marketing to these foreign countries. That's when Amazon yeah, is going to be big for us. Yeah, it's amazing. And, and it, but it just shows that like people want experiences and they want, the, you know, it's, it's totally worth it. I, there's no, I can't play a four-way volleyball game, you know, in any other way. So of course I'll pay the shipping. Uh, <laughs> so, so you're using, you're, primarily driving traffic to your.com so you can own the customer relationship and all that. But there's still always going to be some people that just say, I buy from Amazon. I yeah, only buy on Amazon. Exactly. Whatever. So they're, they're going to go there. So you, you have a presence there, which totally makes sense. One thing you ought to consider and um, something we can talk about later, but uh, utilizing Amazon DSP, it's a form of Amazon retargeting where you could take even your Amazon buyers Target them with display ads on Amazon and off, on Amazon and off Amazon, but you can send them to whatever site you want to. Oh, interesting! Like, like that's something you could use to. Hey, now we're releasing, and I and I, and I won't uh, I, I won't uh, uh, steal your thunder, but you want to talk about some of the new products? That'd be awesome. Yeah. So as you're releasing these new products, target those those buyers on Amazon and say, Hey, check it out! We've got these new products. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's yeah, so do you, want, do you want to talk a little bit about what's, yeah, what's next? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so we've been on the market for three years now with our outdoor volleyball game. Um, but what has led to is that we have partnerships with over 5,000 schools right now. So kids all across, across the country are going to gym class and learning how to play volleyball on a cross net rather than a, a, a traditional volleyball net. So yeah. one, that's an awesome feeling. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. absolutely crazy. Which you think that's so, so much easier because we, so just quick example, and, I, and I've got a big family, but we, we would set up a volleyball net and you have to have a lot of people for volleyball that makes sense. Like if it's two on two or even three on three volleyball is hard. Yeah, Especially if you is. get one or two people that are not great volleyball players, like it's almost impossible. Yeah. And on the, on the contrary, like it's in gym class, I remember going it's 10 on 10 or like six on six. And then you don't touch the ball for an hour. Yes. So growing up, we all went to volleyball, like gym class. We're like, oh, volleyball again? Like, this sucks. <laughs> so now having the cross net, they can actually touch it, get spiked on, learn hand-eye coordination. Uh, but what it's led to is gym teachers were demanding that we have an indoor setup. So we've just released indoor bases that you can slap on, add on. 
Uh, they're $100, really easy to fill up with sand or water. And the cool part about it is they're now played inside, but also great for tailgates. So blacktop, anywhere, turf, anything that wouldn't allow you to stake and cross it normally, yep, you can yep. use these bases for. So that's been great for us. We released that a few months ago. Uh, great success so far. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, that helps with yeah, not non-beach locations. And of course, you can you can do the you can drive stakes in a, in a park or something, but sometimes it's not easy. So having yeah. having a base is is it totally fits. Cool. Of course. Any, any other product releases yeah. on, on the horizon or are we this summer? This no, this summer we got the pool model coming out. So uh, this is the formal yeah. announcement. Uh, lim- yeah. Limited stock. Uh, not sure how many we'll actually get. No, we have at least a thousand on the way, but I can't imagine. It won't last very long. No, it'll last a week if that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> limited edition. Yeah, very cool, man. Very, very cool. So uh, let's talk a little bit about, so, so there's so many cool things going on with the company, but let's talk yeah. about, uh, and this This is a win, whether anything fully happens here or not. Uh, so at, at the time of this recording, I think you said you were just just on, just on recorded a TV show uh, recently. So you want to talk a little bit about that, yeah, how of course. that came to be and what that looks like. And, and and by the time this show airs, it'll either be, you know, the episode will be out there for everyone to watch or, or maybe it won't, I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's really cool that it happened. Fingers crossed, yeah. So uh, anybody who has a Shopify store, you need to keep a chat box on your website. I can't tell you, like Dick's Sporting Goods, they came through on my chat box. Hey, we are ready to place a purchase order. This is Dick's. This is not a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how we started with Dick's. So uh, the Today Show reached out to us, like the actual Today Show. Um, hey, on, we, on your online chat, on your Shopify store, the Today Show reaches out. Crazy. And we write back, is this a joke? And no, <laughs> this is legit. Mom, uh, we, is this you? Are you messing yeah. with us? Yeah. Um, and then we, we picked up, we had our events part person uh, pick up the phone and have been communicating back and forth. We got them a cross net sent out to LA and they filmed the segment this morning and it's ready to go live uh, within the next 48 hours. supposed to go live on Thursday or Friday and just insane. So excited. It's amazing. It's amazing. And so... Yeah, it just, it just shows. And, and one of the other, I think, great entrepreneurial lessons, but just good business growth lessons is you have to have a lot of things going. And, and when you do, it, you know, things build on themselves, right? So you've got, you've got ambassadors and you've got Facebook and now you're looking at YouTube and you've got all these touch points and you're, you're investing in email marketing, which is great. And you're doing all these things and you, and you got you know, word of mouth and, and then, mm-hmm. and then, and then the, the today's snowballs. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, crazy. And, and, yep. And it takes, it takes, uh, effort on the part of the founders and the marketing team and all that. Um, some of it, you know, is a little bit of luck involved in, as well. That always happens. It's true for every entrepreneur. Uh, but it's super cool. Um, one kind of last topic here that I want to touch on and then we'll, we'll wrap up. You mentioned you, you brought on, a, I think you call him a creative director, or, or a marketing director. Yeah. Can you talk about, about the, the team growth and, and how you guys are approaching that? Because I, I know yeah. in the beginning it was scrappy. It was you and your brother, Greg, and, and your, your partner, uh, Mike. Yeah. Mike. And, and so, yeah, what has what team growth been like? Yeah, so we have three founders. Uh, fortunately for us, when we started the company, like I head up sales and marketing. Greg's the CEO, handles all the legal and other nonsense we don't want to deal with. Uh, <laughs> Mike does uh, engineering and logistics. And then so our first two hires was we found out that it was more affordable for us uh, to rent at a warehouse and hire a full-time worker, who is my best friend, uh, growing up to ship all the products out instead of going to a fulfillment company and getting charged way too much. Yeah, yeah. And our second hire was events. 
event marketing, uh, just setting up tournaments and music festival partnerships. And now we have a creative director who kind of oversees all the campaigns we create, uh, oversees email marketing, oversees any of the social media production. Actually, I want to, I want to pause just a minute and talk about that, the event piece, because this is interesting. I think, you know, you know, obviously it's an obvious fit for you. You're, you're a game, very visual. People see it being played. They want to buy it. But I think there's other e-commerce businesses that could benefit from events and showing up in person at events. How do you guys approach that? And obviously, I know this is a weird time. Not a lot of yeah. events are happening. Events are either on hold or they're changing drastically. But one day, there'll be more events and stuff. Of course. Um, how do you guys approach that? How do you find events? What do you do at events? Just talk real briefly. Yeah. I mean, fortunately for us, there, there's tons of events to be at, whether it's at a music festival. Uh, so we had, I was so excited. I'm, I'm a big music guy. Uh, Life After Crossing it involves music production, music, like all right, all festivals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had like just cold email out to music festivals. Hey, you want CrossNet set up at your sand location? Pharrell's Music Festival. They wanted eight CrossNet set up. We had a contract and everything was going to be a CrossNet tournament at Pharrell's Music Festival. Um, that was that was a logical thing. Um, gym teacher conferences, camp council conferences, uh, retail store conventions. Those are all things that we need to be out actively. Um, we're excited for. We'll see if we get back to it this year. Um, yeah. If not, next year. But it was it's strategic, you know, in a lot of ways because in the gym teacher conference, that's brilliant because, yeah, it's going to lead to sales in those schools, which is nice, like 5,000 schools. That, that's not an insignificant number of sales at all. It's great. But think about the thousands and thousands of kids that come through each of those gym classes that see CrossNet exactly. and now want to tell mom and dad to buy one. Like it's just, it's really brilliant marketing uh, helps fuel distribution and awareness. And, and uh, it's kind of a marketing multiplier. Uh, so really, really smart. So, okay, awesome. I, I got so excited about the events. I think I cut you off. You're talking about the marketing person. Yeah, so we got that. Uh, I mean, the event thing is, that's huge for us. Absolutely huge. Uh, so excited for that to get back. We had a creative director, all the campaigns, all the management, like we talked about, we were doing very little with email. Um, and now we have somebody creating campaigns that go out to our email list, which is well over 100,000 people now. Awesome. On on a weekly basis. So we have campaigns driven out. Oh, we're now in Dick's Sporting Goods. Go drive sales to Dick's. And then Dick's emails me, yo, why did we get so many sales so quickly? Let me reorder. So they all work on top of each other like you talked about. So that's great. That's great. That's are, you, are you going to be pushing for more physical store retail distribution? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the goal, right? Like we started the company. We saw this as a retail product. It was never like, oh, Shopify D to C only like exclusive here. We're like, no, we want to go into going into the store and seeing your product on a shelf is just like the best feeling of all time. Yeah, it's super cool. And and there's still, I mean, and and, and you know, because of the pandemic, the the acceleration of e-commerce penetration and growth has been amazing. So, you know, went from I think Forrester said it was, you know, 16% of all retail was e-commerce pre-pandemic and then during pandemic that went to like 20. 20- 7%. And I saw some reports were like 30 some percent, but that still means 70% is in a store, right? Exactly. And, and so yep. there's still some people that they want to touch it, feel it, see it before they buy it. And so you have yeah. like Bass Pro and all these other exactly. like Walmart yeah. you can be in. And so, yeah, really, really excited about that for you. Uh, yeah. So we got uh, Dick Sporting Goods, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we're about to expand nationwide with them. It looks like Academy Sports nationwide, Shields nationwide. Uh, working on Walmart and Target right now. We're on walmartandtarget.com, uh, selling great. So yeah. yeah, retail should be at least 20 to 25% of our business by the end of the year, hopefully. Awesome. Awesome, man. That's so, so cool. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so 
people want to learn more. People want to say, okay, I, I, I'm picturing this in my head. I got to go, you know, see what this looks like. Where can they, where can they learn more and where can they get their very own CrossNet? CrossNetGame.com, the best place to support a small business. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Chris, man, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Love talking entrepreneurship and CrossNet and online marketing and all this fun stuff with you. So really appreciate you uh, uh, taking the time and checking in virtually here. Appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for having me. Yep, absolutely. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We would love to hear feedback. We would love to get that five-star review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. It does help other people discover the podcast, which is a good thing, at least I think. And so uh, with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, man, that's a wrap. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.